0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia from which we conduct our podcast. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hey guys, welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today I'm joined with—is it Sa- so Sania?
1: Sania. Okay, great. Is that your
0: name, like your
1: actual name? It's my surname. So I'm Jackie Sania, and it's a it's a Sardinian surname. That's why no one can say it because no one knows who that is.
0: <laughs> cool. And so, just we're just gonna quickly preface um, that. Jackie has just had her wisdom teeth removed in the past. What, like in a a week ago? So, just in case
1: anyone wanted to know. (laughs)
0: Um. So, hello. How
1: are you? I am sore. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm good. Um, (laughs) drinking my chai latte and just just slowly waking up. I guess. Bit of lockdown vibes. Are you in? Are you in lockdown? I
1: am in lockdown. Are you in Melbourne? Yeah, I am. I'm in Melbourne too.
0: Oh,
1: yes. fun. Love that 200, 240 days? I don't even know. I, I just know. I keep getting updates on us breaking different world records, and I'm like, sorry.
0: I know, it's never ending. And like, Sydney getting out before us. Sorry, I'm so not okay
1: with that. Hot girl summer, excuse me.
0: I know. And like, I need it uh, At least I'll be walking everywhere. I've been doing lots of walks. So hopefully
1: that's like prep. I was doing lots of walks and then I got the teeth out and now I'm like, I need to rest and recover and <laughs> sort of have an exercise.
0: Yeah, just like, <laughs> It's
1: not a vibe. I'm not feeling it.
0: Yeah. Have you been watching any good shows or and doing any fun things?
1: I got stuck into How to Get Away with Murder, which isn't like a new show but it just got added to Netflix, I think. And I was like, "No, oh, this is trending. And then I watched like two episodes and like, I've got like a problem now. Like I'm there from like four in the afternoon until midnight, just like, what's going on? It's just like, it's stressing me I've got nothing else to do. So it's just me like eating ice cream, being like, no,
0: don't kill him. That's my life at the moment. Yeah, I know. Everybody's been raving about Squid Game. I don't know if you've seen it. It's this like new Netflix show, and I'm yet to watch it. And I was like another one, but apparently it's this weird. I don't know. This is what I've been told. It's like a Korean show, but it's like Hunger Games vibes. I don't really know. I don't. I don't get it. yet. I haven't seen it, but I think that's gonna be my next.
1: I'll have to put it on my list. I watched the Octopus one. That was amazing. Like I mm. cried. i was like, why am I crying? I know. Put away. <laughs> I, I was like. <laughs> I was demo for the octopus. So Squid Game and that'll be up next after when whenever anyone kills each other off in the show. When I get to the end, I don't even know how many seasons there are. I just know that everyone's dying. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. So whenever I when get, uh, I'll go Squid Game.
0: Yeah, good idea. So you released go and get over your first track out in the world in about twenty. I'm saying 2018. I'm pretty sure it was 2018. Um, So when did you first actually start playing and writing music, I guess?
1: Oh, a very long time ago. Um, I started piano when I was four and I was just sort of one of those kids that sort of had like one specialist interest. Like I was sort of like, I don't care about anything else except for piano. And so that was sort of my thing. I got to about 11 and started like sort of like singing real quietly. So I would play and then I'd be like, I'm like what? i like nothing, nothing and then so I sort of like very gradually brought like sort of writing into it and then singing and then like really late in the game like year 12 I was like I'm gonna be a singer. Yeah. <laughs> like what? So I guess since high school I sort of got serious about it when I was like 17 and then just did gigs and, and wrote songs and just was sort of like tossing things out there like is this good and just sort of did that for a while. That's how I got started.
0: Cool and so did you ever, did you do like piano lessons? Did you do like the whole uh, exam thing?
1: Oh, I did the exams. Yeah, I did. Um, I think I got up to somewhere like grade five or something, grade five, six. Oh, wow. Oh, sort of, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say wow. It was a real, like I really sort of, my piano teacher, she was a blessing. She actually, she pushed me through it because I did not want to do it. I was like, I want to write my own music. And she was like, you need to actually do something. <laughs> like, gosh. And so she sort of like pushed me through <laughs> did all the comps and stuff and then just sort of I think I just got sick of doing like one Bach, one Beethoven, one Mozart and then one List D. I was like oh I'm, over this. I'm so sick of this and so I started doing um the composition stuff instead and then just sort of like just sort of really changed directions right. at the end.
0: Cool. Yeah. yeah it does get a bit repetitive like the whole exam thing like playing the same songs for like months on it and you're just like I don't even like piano anymore I don't want to do it anymore
1: and now that I advice I, I sort of teach piano on the side as well and now that I'm a teacher I can see that other side of it and I'm like what's the point of this and I this is controversial because I'm an educator but like what's the point of exams what's the point of making kids like torture themselves over a piece of music to have them go into the exam and have the examiner is always going to have a subjective viewpoint so then if the examiner on that day decides that wasn't as good as they think it should be then that kid that spends like six months working towards this goal gets like a C and I just look at it and like this isn't like fair it's not like it's just sort of yeah I've got I got views
0: (laughs) yeah for sure it's the same with like I guess like even going to school like I don't know, some kids, like you said, like you would have loved music but hated maths and English and whatever not. And, you know, some kids are just, like, good at this and not good at that. And then at the end of the day, it all gets put into one big little thing that represents you, I guess. And it's such a weird...
1: I completely agree. Yeah, I think needs sort of an overhaul of whatever we have going on now, but then I don't have the answers either. So I'm sort of like, this sucks, but I don't know what to do. See ya. <laughs> sort of like... Yeah. My view, my viewpoint is that this is broken, but I can't help you. Good luck.
0: Yeah. Somebody needs to fix it.
1: Someone other than me needs to fix it.
0: Yeah. So who would you say are like your inspirations music-wise?
1: So many people. I had a really eclectic, like influence of music growing up because mum was really sort of like Whitney Houston Mariah Carey big diva ballads and that was a bit sort of oh, whoa for me um but I did love Whitney Houston and then my grandparents obviously they're, they're immigrants and so a lot of their music was just like whack folk music and then ABBA and I was what is going on here why is there an accordion solo so there was that there was like Whitney Houston and then I used to go on custody visit to see my father who'd play like Jimmy Barnes and stuff and so I had this really weird like blend plus the classical stuff so I think probably oh the one that really sort of like blew my mind as a young child was probably Ray Charles because he could play and sing but he was blind and like to an eight-year-old I was like but he can't see yeah <laughs> I was just like, every time I saw any video of him, any recording, I'm like, he's blind. And it just, that one stuck with me just because how did he do it? Like, how did he, how did he actually physically do all of that? Like pretty much three things at once without being able to see it. That sort of, I used to, I'd go into the room and I'd practice with the lights off or like a blindfold just to be like, I wonder if I could do it without being able to see yeah. it. Actually, I sort of got stuck on Ray Charles for a long time. Love the dude.
0: Yeah. He's so awesome. That's so good. I know I, you don't really think about it. Like, there were so many classical composers, well, not so many, but like a few who were like deaf or blind or just like had some kind of impairment. And how? How do you even do that? I couldn't even imagine. I can't even do it being
1: abled. Like, <laughs> I think um, Beethoven had the advantage of being able to hear before he went deaf. I think that's how he got away with it. I think if he had been deaf from birth, that would have been really extraordinary, but he sort of lost lost his hearing and then the rest of them all just had like syphilis tbh like was it human they all got like real creepy illnesses and died i'm like that's what you get for being a hoe. like nice symphony but also like chill yeah. out yeah she had a syphilis and his wife wrote most of the compositions and everyone was like oh shoot and i'm like it was clara she did it she was <laughs> that comes
0: with no contraception back in the day also and no form <laughs> of like, around, like, already. like you're gonna die of syphilis Congrats, Robert.
1: <laughs> Unfortunate.
0: True. Um, who who have you been listening to lately?
1: Oh, I really, I really, really, really love Sam Fender right now. I don't mm. understand how he's not huge here. Like he's huge in Europe and in England, and he's sort of taking off in America. And Australia's just sort of sleeping on him. I'm like, has anyone not realized how good that dude is? Yeah. Like just his voice. And he's, so weird. He's, he's fun. He's so genuine, and also just like. I feel like at the moment, um, that sort of authentic singing is sort of uncool. I think Olivia Rodrigo has sort of brought it back in, but I think it's been a bit of a sort of like a bit of a really laid back approach, like Billie Eilish sort of like speaking her lyrics, which is not a bad thing. I really like her music as well. But I feel like singing like big ballads and big sort of musical numbers is sort of like not cool right now. And I think that he's just doing it anyway. Like, he's just going off and swearing about, like, the Aldi death cue and stuff. And it's like, this is fantastic. Like, just everything he does is so raw and genuine. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Sam Fender right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I love how he, like, it's kind of like the 1975 kind of do this a little bit as well, where they just, like, I don't know how, and Gang of Views, they just, like, incorporate world issues or like some really weird thing that's happening in the world how did you put that in a song and make it sound good and use really big words
1: and make it sound melodic it's just insane the hypersonic missiles is a great idea for a song and an album and then gang of views I'm trying to think of soliloquy that was a word somewhere in there and then like just everything the whole of um the whole go father and lightness album I was going to wear my gang of views t-shirt and I was like no I'm too cold but god I love (laughs) this stuff yeah, so the incredible writing. It's really amazing stuff.
0: And it's so crazy because Sam Fender came to Australia in 2019. 2019. Yeah. And and then it, everything died. And so he didn't have the opportunity to like grow. But he was he was like there for a minute. And I was like, yes, this is good. He released his album, like it's all happening. And then it the world died and nobody got to love him and know who he was. And I
1: was like, I you bring it. He it with that whole it's high time for hypersonic missiles. Like the missile just happened to be COVID, but he predicted yeah. it. With, like, everything's terrible and we need a new war to teach younger generations how to be tough. And it was like, whoa, Sam. I know put it back we don't want Corona (laughs) and he's
0: funny his accent he's such a little Geordie oh my god I could go on about him he's hilarious
1: Instagram account just like um I think it's the Geordie dad that he does where it's just like (laughs) that impersonation that character he puts on I'm like I could watch like six hours of this
0: yeah legit and sometimes I don't know what you're saying half the time but continue please
1: (laughs) enjoying the aesthetic
0: so quickly you were a finalist in Nashville's songwriting comp last year. I'm assuming
1: you didn't go to Nashville? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, like, it, I entered those songs probably, like, halfway through 2020 and just sort of, like, send them off just because, like, I think a lot of people do. Like, you see a comp and you're, like, YOLO and you send your songs off and then you never hear back. And so, like, in March I got this email, or it might have been February, February, March, I got an email and it was, like, marked as spam and it was, like, suspicious from America. I'm, like, oh, what's that? And I sort of opened it and it was like you've been nominated as a like a semi-finalist I'm like semi-finalist I was like oh okay cool and I was sort of excited but I was like no it's not it's not gonna be a thing and then like a month later they were like yeah you're a finalist I'm like <laughs> is this legit and I had to like google it I was like am I being ripped off and I like looked on the internet and I was like is this like the proper email I'm like oh shit it's actually real so yeah the the whole Nashville song comp I really didn't expect that like that was 100% I was like I don't know why you're emailing me, thank you. So that was exciting. Yeah. I wish I could have gone to Nashville, but um, yeah, corona, borders close, but very exciting in the middle of doing nothing for a whole year. So I yeah, was sure. thank you. Have you have you ever seen the show Nashville? I haven't, but I keep hearing about them. Oh my God. Them, what is it. I'm gonna have to go on Nashville and then Squid Game. Is it Squid Game? Yeah. <laughs> game I've got two. All right, good. I'm Nashville, gonna Nashville. I've been
0: like having rants about it on this podcast to everybody that ever will listen to me because I'm obsessed with it and I just like finished watching like all six seasons during lockdown and I was like this I'm going to Nashville and I'm just gonna be there
1: and I don't even know what I'm gonna do but it's gonna be amazing yeah Nashville's on my bucket list I sort of it's hard like having a a bucket list of American places you want to visit, like, the whole, the past four years, I've been like, I want to go, but Trump.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I don't, I want to go, but I don't want to die
1: while I'm there, like. (laughs) I don't want to die or want to die when I'm there, just because, like, like, even if the borders were open and I could have gone to America, I would have got there and been like, I can't do this for Donald, I can't do it. Yeah, Donald. (laughs) Oh, mate, Don, I can't do it. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: I feel like if you refer to him as Don, it becomes funnier, like Don Trump, like he's like a weird uncle. It's sort of like, Sort of puts him down if he levels like all done. Yeah, oh, Don.
0: yeah <laughs> double down a little bit, Don.
1: No power here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So you've just released a really great track, Sad Witch
1: nice. Girls. What <laughs> is this song about? How did it come to be? Oh, uh, this is a. I had this idea for a long time, just because like, and I feel like everyone has this experience where like, no matter where you go in your life, there's always like, you always have like this one chick kind of like in the shadow realm behind you, and she's like, bitch, and you're like. Why? There's always one chick that's just sort of trying to bring you down a few steps and, and you don't really get why. And I sort of I had that happen at school, in uni, at work, like my career constantly. And I just sort of had like one of those like nail in the coffin moments with this chick and was like, I'm gonna write a song about this. <laughs> I just sat down like <laughs> sort of like just this whole huge song came out. And then I just sort of I don't know because like lockdown happened and I was I had so much time I was just putting in like Britney Spears and then like Lindsay Lohan and bits of Kim Kardashian fighting just sort of little bits of easter eggs and stuff so the whole song's full of weird samples and like paparazzis and so I had a lot of fun with it yeah even if it wasn't gonna do well I was like this is fun
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> I love that as well because I feel like it's so weird especially for women because it's like dude we ha- we are oppressed we have been oppressed you should we should be supporting each other not hating and I hate it when you just see chicks hating on chicks sometimes and it's just like why are you doing this stop you're making us look
1: bad <laughs> like yeah and that's sort of the whole purpose of the song was sort of like we've got like misogyny we've got like the oppression of our rights worldwide let alone all the other issues not just related to women but like and this is this is where you want to come from which is sort of like I don't like you shut up no one cares but like, nobody cares it's just ridiculous to me like I was watching um the bachelor and the previous season we just saw on Australian bachelor and I sort of was sitting there and like I didn't give I was like Jimmy I don't care and I'm just watching the girls and I'm like these chicks are psychos and they were just like attacking each other and I'm like what like it just it literally blew my mind i can't remember anyone's names already but i was just sort of watching it like what's the point of this and it just it just sort of amazes me that that happens like these sort of like weird group dynamics and i read a quote which um said that basically even though it seems like women attacking women it's actually the patriarchy which is like because the patriarchy sort of makes women think they're competing like they're always competing. There can only be one woman that wins. And so when it's it's women against women is actually really just men telling women that only one can be at the top, which is sort of like blew my mind. It, but it's true. It's it's the, the whole having to bring someone else down comes from feeling like there isn't enough space for you. So if there was more space made, they wouldn't have to knife each other all the time. So it's that's sort of that's sort of the concept I was going for. True that, that is so true. Holy <laughs> shit.
0: I love that. Crazy. Um so, this track was produced and mixed by Holy Holies Oscar Dawson. Cool, which is sick. Um, who is someone that, besides Oscar Dawson, um, that you have like dreamed of collaborating with, I guess, or like a dream collaboration, song wise, production wise, whatever?
1: <sighs> flume. <laughs> Straight <Yeah>. up, Flume. <laughs> I DM'd him once. I um, was like, hey. Okay. <laughs> Because I don't know, it was really weird. You followed me on Instagram years ago and I was like, what the heck? And so I just yelled him. I was like, hey, I love you. <laughs> um, he sort of was like, do you want to work somewhere?" And he was like, let me know when you get to LA. I'm like, yes, which is obviously him being nice and not genuine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yes I'm in and I framed it um and he's back in Australia now so I'm gonna have to like get back into the dms and be like do you still want someone to work with yeah zoom is a thing now bro come on <laughs> like, like zoom flume it rhymes and he'll be like no <laughs> security I love
0: that yeah flume damn he's like just straight up so good and it's crazy has has had controversial moments and it's just like funny like <laughs> we're all fat burning man aren't we <laughs> yeah but it's like funny you know like that's it's not even controversy
1: it's just like yes okay i'm gonna process it and move on i saw that video and i was like you do you like no no one's getting hurt obviously so have a good life and the internet was exploding i'm like Proud any publicity, publicity <laughs> fine flume's gonna be okay guys i don't think he cares yeah exactly
0: <laughs> i love it i love it if that's his
1: girlfriend he doesn't have a problem
0: yeah for sure and also i love just prefacing i love dm culture right now like like how funny is that that it just happened and people just started sliding into random dms and dms just
1: became a thing and now you can oh, just I've got, I've got no shame i don't care yeah. anymore i feel like i'll it'll be someone real famous and if they've got that message option i'm just like hey listen to my song i don't care i'll just like dish it out and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i'm always being like hey listen to my music and sometimes i get blocked but it's fine it's fine you can't <laughs> You just gotta.
0: So besides this track, what um is one of your favorite songs released?
1: Out of my songs, um, hmm. I think for me, this is this is the underdog. I'm gonna pick the underdog. Daylight, um, I released in 2019. And it's sort of like a ballad, but sort of like a ballad with like a pulse. It's it's weird. it's, it's sort of like it feels like it should be at the end of like a sad episode of some TV show. So Netflix hit me up. Um, but it's it probably, it was my favourite to make because we did a whole lot of weird shit. Like we put sort of felt on the piano mallets and like I sort of like, I was kneeling on the ground, like using this pedal on my guitar. So I was playing and I was sort of like doing all these weird things. And the way you produced it was really fun. In the music video, um, we drove out to like Ararat and filmed like this car on fire and this car crash. And it was really fun. So like, I think out of all of them, the song that probably has like the least streams and it's sort of like the sad, quiet song. I'm like, that's my favourite. I had the most fun with that one, I think. Yeah,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's fun. Fun. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so are these songs um in prep, I guess, for a bigger project, an EP, maybe?
1: My hope is that they are. I think that my manager is going, oh, oh but I really, I just, I want to release, I've got like an album worth. I've got so much ready to go. I just want to release it. But it's tricky. I think when you're sort of first starting out, you don't want to drop an album too soon because then, sort of like, if you flood the market with your songs, but you haven't got enough behind you, people are like, cool, have a sticker. But I think you sort of have to build up to it. So, like, my gut is like, release the Kraken. But then everyone around me is like, just hang on, just drip feed some singles. So I'm sitting here with like my bag of songs, like, let me in. <laughs> so the answer is yes. But I don't know when. Yeah, for sure. Sort of like sitting here waiting, like, please let me release the music.
0: Yeah, well I know well at least it's a nice waiting game and then like it'll be special, you know. I feel like debut albums especially are just very special. It's like your first like exact piece and project and just like a whole thing that you can just be a
1: moment like yeah. you want it to sort of happen i yeah i'm sort of like i think it's because for me it's been like forever i've been trying to do this and but for them they're like yeah but you're only just sort of starting to break as an artist i'm like <laughs> yeah i
0: know
1: <laughs> let me release it so i just have to like be chill and stay chill and, and just wait patience is a virtue, etc you
0: have toured with the likes of tier gostello puru the rubens just to name a few which is so cool um Through these experiences and, like, touring in general, playing shows, um, I love to end our episodes with, like, a really happy memory and also a horror story where just, like, everything has gone wrong. It's just nothing. It was just a
1: nightmare. Ooh, okay. I'm going to start with the nightmare because I immediately know which one I'm going to pick. Um, I had to play and it wasn't the fault of the gig or anyone. I had to fly to Sydney and do this gig called the King Street Festival. And um, I remember I just bought a flight case because I was like, I don't want to break my keyboard. And so I like locked the flight case. And that's the first problem. I locked the flight case, got on the plane. And my guitarist and I landed in Sydney, got to the Airbnb. And then we got ready, dropped our stuff off and then got the instruments and got to the venue. (laughs) And we got there. And I go to unlock. The flight case, and I was like, "Where are the keys? <laughs> and the keys were in Melbourne." And I'm like, "I'm in a full-blown panic attack." i was like, oh God, look at that! "Like screaming," and my guitarist is like, "Calm down!" Like, ah! <laughs> like, like trying to find other people at the festival. Like, has anyone got one of those like really basic keys? Or like, is it one of those like case keys? And this guy comes out of nowhere with like a screwdriver, I'm like, move! <laughs> and just like broke the flight case. <laughs> I was like, ah! "So he's sort of like." of the day, but then that was like a flight case ruined. <laughs> so I spent like 800 bucks on a flight case, locked my keyboard up, took it to Sydney, lost the keys, got it broken into, and I had to like duct tape it to get it back home. And that whole gig was worth like, I think it got paid like 100. Bucks. Oh my God. <gasps> <laughs> like, whenever I think about things going wrong, I'm like, let's not talk about the King Street crawl. <laughs> oh my god it even has that name like the the king street crawl it was a time a time and a place that I will not go back to um so that was a horror story I'm trying to think of a happy story there's heaps of happy stories I think probably like um I got to meet Michael Vidinsky after one of the shows with the Rubens I played the forum and that was like the highlight of my life and then afterwards I was sort of just like hanging out backstage being a pest and one of the runners was like hey there's someone in your dressing room like what what oh dressing room? Um, yeah, I literally, I was like, okay, and so I see him. It was like my mum or something. I'm like, how's she getting in here? And so I like, walk back down, just sort of like munching on chips and like filthy, and I walk in, and it's Godinsky. He's got his arms crossed, and it's like, Sania Michael, my. <laughs> just no. sort of like, oh my God. and we had a big chat and he was talking about frankson because that's where i am and he was like frankson's disgusting why do you live there i'm like i don't know and we sort of had a laugh and it was like oh no. it was really sort of very stressful high pace but it was like wow i'm talking to the king of the music industry and he sort of gave me a bunch of numbers and was like talk to these people and do this and like send you demos and through and, and gave me like a real pep talk and then like he went and got us some food for our room which was like really weird because we didn't ask we were just sort of sitting there and he was like there's no food in here just walked on oh my god he like walked off and wasn't coming back but he came back with like two bags of Smith's chips and some phantom this like red vodka thing tastes like piss it's terrible cheers and we're like oh my god thank you and so we met like the king of music and he just sort of like drifted away and we're just standing there with our chips like wow (laughs) that was cool god that is
0: like that's beautiful i think that was
1: like that was a good time yeah
0: Holy shit, what a fucking moment <laughs> that would have been. That's so I'm funny. Happy. And you know what? That's exactly how I
1: picture him to be. Just like, like really happy, happy and jolly, but like. Uh, like <laughs> like jolly, but like in a rush. He was just like, I'm happy. Bam. <laughs> he had like a single one and like flip flops. And his phone was like on volume 900 and it kept ringing. The best part I think was when he picked up and he goes, Jim, I told you I'm busy tonight and then hangs up. And, and my bassist goes, you just hang up on Jimmy Barnes? <laughs> and he goes, the fucking prick keeps calling me. <laughs> I nearly died on the floor right there. I was like, this is the best day of my life. Like, I oh, my God, exist. only him. Oh, amazing. No one else can get away with that. No one else hangs up on Jimmy Barnes and doesn't yeah. die. Yeah, that's oh, a bad
0: <laughs> That is iconic. Wow. What a way. What a way to end this episode. What a yeah. moment. I love that Good. score. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. you. Cheers at the end with your protein.
1: (laughs) High protein. A high protein meal replacement because I can't chew anything. (laughs)